Welcome to the Whatnot Podcast, where we put the what into whatnot live every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. on Facebook and YouTube. Good evening, it's Wednesday at 9 o'clock. This is the Whatnot Podcast, where we put the what into whatnot. I am Mike Z. I'm Chris, and welcome to the show. Looks like we're uh, having fun in a turning symposium or something in the background there. Oh, this is our uh, guest this week, Chris, with the Hobbyist Workshop, and obviously he does a little turning. Either that or that is an amazing green screen. Just a fabulous green screen. That's all it is. Okay. All right. Okay, well, well, it's impressive. Whoever set that up for you. Welcome to the club. <laughs> all right. So we'll, uh, we'll see, Chris. Um, the Hobbyist wo- Workshop. You work at Clingspores Woodworking Shop. Mm-hmm. So you unfortunately have to join us. We yep. won't hold that against you. Yeah, yeah. As far as, you know, we have to be there with you. But um, what exactly do you do there? And then also, how did your name come about? Because if I'm not mistaken, about three years ago, you were on a podcast called Making Time with Mr. Charles Gant and Daryl yep. Yep. Jones. And I think that was your first one. So tell us a little bit about you, what you do, blah, blah, blah. Well, my name's Chris. Um, I work at Clingspore with you guys. I'm in the purchasing department slash technical. Um, that's my job title. Um, I originally started out in the store as part time while I was in college, and realized I didn't like college, so I went a little <laughs> went went full time. Um, and then I worked for a cabinet shop for a little while, and then came back to Clingspore and realized it's a bunch of good guys and. Coleman, the general manager, offered me the opportunity to become a purchaser. So that's where I'm at now. That's awesome. By the way, not sponsored. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, my name comes from, uh, I have too many, too many hobbies. (laughs) Um, And I'm not just a wood shop. I like being out in the woods, carving um, my YouTube channels jeep stuff mostly and i don't have a jeep anymore so i need to get (laughs) some content rolling on there probably but i like you had the headliner right you did the headliner for the jeep no actually that was just an instagram thing um my jeep was mostly like fixing repairs i've never seen people do repairs on so like uh, electrical repairs and uh, headlight repairs and stuff like that okay I just uh we got a few people here who want to say hello, Mr. Angus. Good evening. Welcome. I'm guessing you know Connor's daddy because he said hi, Chris. And the Ooh. other Chris. Oh, and Mike. And Mike. Appreciate buddy. And then Mr. Kyle Ely from LearnYourCNC.com. Wow, you busted that old school out, didn't you? Yeah. Figured why not now? Yeah, the uh, the legalities are gone for that trademark. Don't worry about it. Go for yeah. it. All right. So yes, uh, hobbyist workshop. Uh, yeah, you dabble in you. Well, you did. You've kind of started to fine tune it. It seems like towards maybe a little bit more power carving with a lathe. Yeah. Um, hand tools, turning, um, and spoon carving. Pretty much right now are my three keys. Um, if I'm not on the lathe, I'm out in the woods carving or if i'm not in the woods carving i'm fixing a hand plane or something you know gotcha and you do oh. quite a bit of that too you do a lot of hand tool 
stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yes, you do. Especially restoration, which we definitely will talk about. Okay. To not make sense of who Connor's daddy is, just call him Mr. IT. It's IS. <laughs> Get it right. AKA Keith Jr. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah. So I like what you've done with your wall. That that's a that's a new add-on for your uh, your shop, isn't it? Yeah, I've actually been working on that this week, and I finished it earlier today. So I figured, why not show it off? Be proud yeah. of my cleanliness for a little while. That's yeah. clean. <laughs> it's amazing what you can do when you get invited onto a podcast. You go, well, I guess I better clean now. My shop's a mess. I just leave it as is. <laughs> <laughs> you should see the other half. <laughs> That's that's right. That's how you do it. And you make this half look good. Yep. Yep. Um, quick question as I'm looking at the lathe here. Is that a Laguna light set on a Powermatic? Yes. Yes, it is. Okay. That, I mean, it's I a good got, light set. Don't get me wrong. I got one Powermatic and one... I got stuff in the way. Hold on. <sighs> one Laguna. <laughs> and so, I think I like uh, that other one better, that long one. So which one do you like better, the spotlight type or the long LED? Actually, I like the spotlight a little bit better. Um, most people think they like the big long one better. It's all it's more for spindle turning, but for bowls, I mean, being able to move this and get in a bowl. And this one also has, I don't have it plugged up actually, but uh, this one has the adjustable color so I can do the the yellow or the blue. I can also uh -huh. change the brightness. So that, that's kind of nice. So it's kind of just like a green screen. It looks functional, but it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. It's like um, an industrial actually, version of Pixar going on there. I keep waiting on that lamp to jump off the lathe and pounce on your head. Actually, um, they're not plugged in because I got my lathe fixed this week. Um, this fabulous Paramatic lathe um, was bought in March, and by April it had problems. So I, I got it fixed um, last last Wednesday. Okay. I haven't had a chance to turn on it yet. So. That's why nothing's plugged in. That works. By the way, not sponsored by Powermatic Parts Team or Service Department. <laughs> but uh, so um, I'm also rougher on machines more than people are. So no, no, okay. we've met Scott Kasky. So until you can hold a candle to that, you're just a beginner. Just just wait till I get a big lathe, man. <laughs> How big is this one here? This is the uh, 2014. So it's it's like a mid sized lathe. It's, so it doesn't do that. Does it? So twenty inches long is the bed, mm -hmm. and then okay, fourteen inch wing. Um, people call it a professional midi. Um, it was it was stronger than a jet and cheaper than the thirty five twenty. So that's why I got it. Does it have any of the same features like a thirty five twenty does, or in, is there crossover parts with it? Um. The only crossover part would be the, uh, it's an inch and a quarter by spindle, which is nice. So I can use big one-way chucks up there and uh, Nova chucks. And then the only other thing would be the light because <laughs> they have that as an option now for the big one. So It's a good light. And both are yellowish gold. <laughs> yes. And they're both yellow. <laughs> Mr. IT says it's a good looking tool wall, Mr. Stenson. Thank you. I edited that. <laughs> my, right, my so, phone's kind of far away so i can't see what people say but 
Oh, okay. Well, I'll just, I'll, I'll read it out for you. That's fine. Okay. Um, all right. So you decided to go with one way. Um, for Chucks. Yes. Um, I, I want a one way, uh, 2436 with a three horse motor, but it's a pretty penny. So saving them, saving the pennies. <laughs> um, I, I looked at ro- robust lathes, but that's, that's 10 grand. I, I, I can't justify it for a lathe and a lot of people. So it's a few more nickels there. Well, like a few, few more quarters. You just have to collect a few more cans and recycle those. Yep. No, I'm just curious on the, cause I haven't used too many chucks. I don't do a lot of turning, love it, but I just don't have time for it. But I will have to say the one way chuck seemed to be the most solid option out of the bunch. Um, my two opinions, my, well, my two preferred chucks is a Vicmark, which I don't have. I have used, and they're phenomenal chucks, and the one-way. Um, the one-way simply because I get them from Clingspore, and I can get one at work. So Okay. Um, well, and they are a smoother scroll and a more yeah. consistent hold, so when you do tighten them up, they're less likely to let loose. I just love if I can just pop it right off the wall. Yeah. And so this is my newest chuck. It's a, it's a big boy. And uh, I can just take my finger and scroll that action with my finger. So it's it's pretty impressive. That is how, impressive. How how well machined that is. Canadian engineering. <laughs> you pay a little more, but you definitely get your get your money's worth out of the one way products. And actually, you don't pay that much more. Um, the one way is kind of nice in that way. Um, either you can buy, you can buy the chuck with jaws, um, and the jaws are serrated, but you can also buy the body by itself. And that's what I prefer to do because you can get the body and get whatever jaws you want. And then you save a little bit of money there. So, uh, Mr. IT said that Mr. Stinson collects quarters. So a few more quarters shouldn't be an issue for him. I actually do collect quarters. So. Now, are you collecting oh, just, the state quarters, or what kind of quarters do you collect? I just realized who Mr. IT is now. <laughs> Keith Jr. <laughs> yeah, Keith Jr. Um, I collect uh, National Park quarters at the moment because I have all the state ones. Okay. Um, and if you ever go to my desk, I got the big binder at, at my desk where I, I sneak into the store sometimes and sort through the quarters and <laughs> see if I can find anything new. That's off why the, the money bag's always off. <laughs> Let's see here. Mr. Angus has a question for you. What would be a nice mid-size lathe? I need something that I can move around. Not a lot of room in the shop to dedicate to leave it out all the time. Well, you, I'll, I'll say this. You might as well dedicate some space to it, at least a wall space, because you're going to dedicate more than you think to the yes. lathe. Yes. Um. And and then the other big factor on that is what's your budget? And um, mo- I, I always recommend a midi, midi lathe. Um, 12 inches is a good size for most people. Um, most people won't ever get into 14 or 16 or 20 inch bowls like I, like I, I do. Um, so a mid-sized lathe that's got a 12 inch swing. The Rikon is a fabulous option. I had one for four years and then the uh the jet makes a good one and then obviously my my pyromatic is 
a little bit bigger than a MIDI lathe, so a Powermatic is as well. Now, let me ask you this, as far as, you know, direct drive, uh, variable speed DC drive, or the Reeves drive, which one is your preferred for someone who's starting out, who's going to, who wants something longevity? Longevity? Um, probably a belt drive would be your better option. Um, number one, because if the motor goes out, say, 10 years down the road and your warranty is way o over with, um, you can find a motor and you can slap another belt on it and figure out the gearing and you're good to go. Um, and also the, the belt driven stuff, it gets better. Um, if you ever get into doing, um, coring out like a bowls, like y'all saw Scott do with the show, um, because you can loosen up that belt. And if, uh, you catch the tool a little bit, um, it, the belt will slip rather than break the motor. So. Okay. That's helpful. Cause I, what is it? The Nova galaxy. I think it is, has the direct drive DVR. Yeah. Nova, they have a few different options. It's, it's kind of weird and confusing when you go down Nova's path with motor systems. Um, I think they got three, maybe four different motor styles. Um, they have the belt with a DVR motor and then some other weird stuff. Um, Dreadnought would be the guy to talk to about that one. So. Uh, Mr. IT says stop that on the quarter. Checking. Oh. Also, Inga says he had a mini Nova and he sold it to Gary. Well, poor Gary. You saw him coming, didn't you? Mm -hmm. He was like, wait, <laughs> there's a sucker born every minute. Can't wait for Gary to get in here and be like, wait a minute. Time for an upgrade. Yeah, I... um. Yeah, just I have to say that out of the minis that are available or mid-size, that Rikon, Jet, Laguna, all much better options. Yeah. Yep. Um, I had a Rikon for four years. Um, it was a little bit cheaper than the Jet at the time, is why I kind of went with it. And uh, I liked it. I only had one problem out of it, and that was the speed sensor went out, and uh, it's kind of a long and funny story on that one um i contacted rikon they sent me a new control box and a new speed sensor and and um their new their new control box they sent me was a plug and play and mine was hardwired so they sent me a whole new motor and so i pretty much had a new lathe but by, by the end of it so well okay so i'm going to ask this and it's going to sound bad to those who are listening but would you say uh, Rikon's service for their warranty is better than others on the market? There we go. I'll put it that way. Yes. Um, and I, I'm pretty honest in my opinion. Um, Rikon, I contacted like the week before New Year's. So it took about two weeks for them to get a hold of me. And it was actually the, the uh, I think it's the CEO. Um, Chris, you may know his name right off the top of your head. I don't. Um, is Joe. it the main guy that comes to our shows? No, it, um, well, I don't know. I don't, I'll be honest with you. I've never been to one of our shows it's simply because I've been in the store. store. Yeah. Well, that'll change. Yeah. Uh, that, 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 that's what I'm excited about. <laughs> don't get it. Uh, Chris Miller well, says it's Jack. Is that it? Joe. Because we're thinking Joe. Yeah. I, I think, I think, I think I'm thinking Joe. Maybe. Anyways. Uh, 
Yeah. Um, he contacted me in two weeks and thank you, Chris. Miller. I appreciate I, the compliment. The moment I told him. <laughs> Hold on one second, Chris. So, uh, Chris Miller <laughs> says Chris is a class act young man that does nice woodworking and, uh, Smith took all the credit on that. Yeah. One. Yeah. Yeah. He couldn't read the comment. So I, I figured I would jump in and acknowledge that uh, he was talking about me. So there's, there's two, there's too many Chris's talking at the moment, yeah. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> too many Chris's. Yeah. Uh, no, whenever you get a chance, let me know. Um, and we have a question and, and a legitimate question, apparently. So I, but I wanted you to finish. Okay. Okay. As far well, as warranty goes, because the only reason I ask is that you had to recently deal with Powermatic and it seems like it wasn't that overnighting the part to you, getting back to you within a timely manner that you had experienced. Cause you ranted and raved about Rycon being on top of it, sending you the parts right out. That wasn't the right one. Well, it's like, okay, well let's send you this. And they made, they made it right no matter what it took. Yep. Yes. And it took a matter of a month of having pretty much new lathe. The only thing I didn't have new was the chassis and the bearings. Um, and then Powermatic, I had problems in April. I didn't hear back till late May. And I didn't even hear back from Powermatic. I heard back from the uh, repair parts guy. And he came the week after came up pretty much said, yeah, you're going to need a new control box. I said, why did you come up? If you kn- you already read my report. I know I need a new control box. And, so he, and, and then uh, he, he, he left and uh, ordered it. And last week is when I got it. So it took quite a few months, but the whole COVID thing has everything messed up compared to when I had problems with my Rikon. So it could be, it could be a number of things, but I, it, it still shouldn't take a month to hear back from the dealer, especially on a one-month-old lathe. Agreed. Oh, Joe is V. Okay, so Chris Miller, because he knows everybody in the industry, and that we're oh, not yeah, making Chris. fun. He really does. He says that Joe is the VP and Jack is the prez. So there you go. For Rikon. Rikon, yeah. Okay. Joe's always the one that I deal with. He's great. Okay, I think I think it was Joe that I deal with. Uh, let's see here. So Mr. IT says, I have an actual question this time. I know it's purely subjective, but what type of turning tools would you say the average starting out turner be good to go with and why, i.e. high-speed steel versus carbide insert? Okay. So here, here, here's my rabbit hole on this one. Um, they both have their time and their place. Um, I prefer traditional. Um, more than anything, but I, I behind my head, I do have. It's kind of hard to see. It, behind my head, I do have three Easy Woods. Um, they're good when you need them, pretty much. Um, there are certain things where you just been having a bad day and you can't reach that one spot with a traditional tool, and the carbide will get it easy, and you don't have to worry about it too much. Um, now, if you ask other people this opinion, it's a whole spiel. Um, one of our guys that we work with, Ralph, he, he swears by uh, carbide. He, he thinks there's nothing better. Um, but honestly, traditional tools are 10 times faster. Um, and, and some people say I'd rather be behind the lathe than be behind a grinder, but 
if you have your tool sharpened at the right angle and have a good setup jig, it doesn't take the 10 seconds at the grinder. So um, that's my little spiel on that one. So, Yeah, and what I found too is is if if it's a small shop and they don't really want to invest right away in, in a sharpening system, yeah. Because it's more than just having a grinder. It, it it's quite a bit more. That yeah. the carbide tools are a good way to start if you're trying to get into it. But it's a it's easy to transition from them to a traditional tool once you yeah. kind of see what kind of wood turning you like. It's yeah. Kind of seems to be the consensus on that. Very much so. Um Rikon, going off Rikon again, they make a fabulous carbide set. Um, I don't have one simply because I bought Easy Wood before Rikon had theirs out. So um, I've used them before. I've used Ralph's, um, and then I've used a few other people's. It's a great system, and it's affordable. Um, you get three tools and a handle, and I think it's like two, two, three hundred bucks. So yeah, I think it's up to like two fifty now. Yeah. But no, um, that's, that's the set I got beginning because it had the forty-five bevels on the. It had two bevels on it, so you had the flat bottom, and then you had two bevels on the side. And the reason for that was that I could t- I could turn that uh, round yep. cutter yep. at a shear angle and get the same type of cut, not the same cleanness, but the same type of cut yep. I could from a bowl gouge. Yeah, and that, I couldn't definitely. do that with Easy Wood tools. There was no way to do that. No, it's just it, you, you, one or the other. Yeah, Easy Wood's just a square stock, so you have your standard you your standard cut, and that's all you get. And the other thing I like about the Rikon is um, there are other systems out there that have um, the 45s on there, but they have some, like, I'm going to call Sorby out a little bit. They have a big nut on, on the end of the tool, right, right, right next to the cutter. And uh, it gets in the way, in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. And with the Rikon, it, it's flat to the very tip of the tool, and it's flat to the very tip of the tool on the 45s as well. So it, it, it's a really good system. No, I have to agree with that. There, there's a lot of cutter options with the Sorby, but at the yeah. same time, that little indexing head is a little bulky. When you're trying yeah. to get into certain things, it's, yeah. or if you forget it's there and you're backing off into the tool rest, that's always yeah. a fun thing to realize. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so Angus says that he does like his Rikon bandsaw. You might have to look into the lathe. And in my opinion, the 7220 VSR is the, is the one that's a great starting point, yeah. but you can do and- everything you want to. And they have a new one now. Um, their new, uh, I think it's a 7150 VSR. Okay. Is, it's pretty much like my, my Powermatic here. Um, it's got the, the removable um, control box. They can move around, move it out of the way. And then um, it's also got the ability to turn outboard, which is really nice. Um, you can turn off the backside of the headstock and buy an extra um, bed extension and put it on the other side, kind of like the Laguna. So that that's kind of nice, um, especially the control box factor. I like being able to move this and get it out of the way, because with my Rikon, all the time I'm bumping into it. And it, it, the seventy two twenty, it's a phenomenal machine. But the one thing I did I did complain about a lot is the control box being permanently mounted. That one spot got annoying because I was always turning it off, being a right handed turner. So I can yeah, I can see that. Yep. Um... Mr. Gary Jones says, good evening, boys. Gary, don't rewind 15 minutes. We did not make fun of your purchase of a lathe. But thank you for joining us. Yes. He's going to be like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me check this out. 
Uh, Mr. IT says Ralph added lead shot to his Rikon turning set handles just to cut down on vibration. This would have made them overly heavy for you not knowing, but it helps with his arthritis the more you know. The other thing it helps with too is that carbide, because it's on a very thin plane of metal, it can start to chatter. We found that out yep. with uh, Daryl. He he was not able to have the carbide uh, set in properly. It looked like it was indexed and it started making a funny noise and he noticed it was chattering on his tool that he was using for his demonstration. So he, he was quickly fixed it, not a big deal. But the more weight you can have behind it, the less chatter yeah. you're going to have. But it's still not going to be a traditional tool. There is something about no. that traditional tool feel. I mean, I with the traditional tool, um, I'm not in it for speed, but speed is nice, and it it's it's nice to have and nice to know your speed. Um, with a carbide tool, say simply doing a small um, six like a six inch bowl for a new turner, that'll take hours. Um, with a traditional tool, probably well for a new turner, it still take hours. But <laughs> so you can either take hours or you can take hours. It's your it choice on which hours well, you want to take. But once you get more experience, especially with the traditional tool, you can turn an entire ball in an hour. A six-inch ball you can get done in, in an hour. And and carbide, maybe you can get down to two, maybe three, but still, that's two or three hours. Well, okay, so let me ask this. When you saw on the woodworking extravaganza videos that we did for Clean Sports Woodworking Shop and 100% not sponsored, but I mean, it could be somewhat sponsored. Um, the question that I have is, did you notice that when Daryl was turning with the, um, oh my gosh, my mind went completely blank, the Turnmaster Carbide System, it was a lot slower for him to turn the bowl to shape. When Caskey used the bowl, the bowl gouge, he was ripping the shavings yep. out and they were still clean. Yes, yes, okay. and that, and that's and that's another thing about the tools, uh, traditional tools over carbide. Uh, carbide, you're going to do a lot of sanding. Um, you're you're shear scraping um, with a traditional tool. You you can get that edge just right, and you can cut like butter all the way from the bottom of the bowl to the very top, and then you don't have to sand, but with like two grit. Um, with carbide, you got to start at sixty and go all the way through them. I mean, and especially if you have bad tear out, like on some really aged uh, cherry, you're going to definitely have tear out. So we got a couple of comments here. Let me read them off to you. Uh, Mr. Gary Jones said, wait, we're talking turning tonight. Just tuned in for a minute. It kind of turned into turning due to the fact that we saw his wall of glory back there. And it was just like, yeah. let's talk about yeah. that for a minute. Yeah. Uh, I, got, I, got, I, I got hand tools. So whenever y'all want to yeah. talk hand tools, we can go for another it. half hour. So can you use yeah. that on the lathe? You can. Yes, you um, I've, I've I've seen people do it. Um, I've, especially lately, I saw. I think it was on Instagram. There's a guy turning with a spoke shave. He was using it like a skew. It was kind of phenomenal. But I don't I even mean, want to try it. I don't even want to try it. <laughs> well, I mean, it only hurts when it comes back and hits you. Yeah. So Angus says, um, "Do you know if it's one ten or two twenty? It's a one ten on that Rikon. Both yeah, of them. I don't um, think only they're big mini- three horsepower, right?" Um, yeah, the Rikon, they have a few weird sizes. Um, I don't know the, the speeds on them, but all the mini lays, anything that's 12 inch will be 110. Um, I don't think I've ever seen a 12 or 14 inch lay that's 220. So, uh, the other thing to look for too, is if it's one or one and a half horse, it's typically 110. As soon as it jumps to two and three horse, it's 220. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. 
Um, Jet has a a 16 inch lathe that's horse and a half, and it's 110. And then the same lathe with a two horse motor, immediately 220. So, so Chris Miller has a legitimate uh, statement and question. He has both the high speed steel and carbide, and not used to sharpening the high speed steel Sorby and Rikon. Uh, I prefer my Easy Wood and Rikon carbide. I have a dual wheel Rikon grinder, but really never sharpened my high speed steel. Any teaching or training techniques on that? Yes. Um, it's a it's a hard answer, but th- there is number one: get a Wolverine uh, grinding system made by One Way, and that's pretty much the industry standard for sharpening on a bench grinder. Um, even even the pros like Glenn Lucas and Stuart Batty and all of them, they're they're all using Wolverine systems. Yeah, they're a little modified, but the the Wolverine system is tried and true. And then and then the other one thing I really recommend on uh, the Wolverine is get um let me grab it real quick one of these um this is made by a a gentleman named Ron Brown it's a universal setting jig um it makes your sharpening consistent and that's the key with traditional tools is consistency because once you get consistent you can get that muscle memory and that saves a lot of time a lot of frustration and a lot of uh, catchbacks, you you can really change your turning with this, pretty much. It reminds me of the uh, wa- the wheel alignment tool from Tormek. Yes, it, it, it's 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 exactly like that, just for the bench grinder. Um, well, the Tormek's for the bench grinder. Yeah. Okay. Same thing. Got an angle. Yeah. You just line up the two spots on the wheel, and then set your. Yeah. Angle. You you set this in the V the V spot of your Wolverine, and then you touch your wheel top and bottom, and then whatever angle you're at. Um, like my my tools. Another cool trick about this wall, you can just grab stuff. I have the uh, I have the set it the setup written down on the the handle there, and that way I know this tool goes to that to that setting. So. That's kind of nice on that. That is kind of nice. Smart way to do it. Oh, let's catch up real quick on the comments. We got a lot tonight. So Gary Jones just took a week class in turning bowl gouge all the way for him. Uh, he loves the bottom feeder bowl gouge to finish out the bottom. Okay. So I don't I, bottom feeder. Um, that that's a whole another spiel. Um. They're they're phenomenal for big bowls. Um, I don't know if you're talking about using a bottom feeder for like the forty forty grind or just using it in general. But well, he did say Wolverine is the easiest. He also yeah. loves CBN wheels. Yes, definitely. Um, you don't need CBN wheels right out of the gate, but once you get them, you'll never go back to traditional wheels. Um, no, I agree with that. They're they're so much more balanced and so much more cleaner. And then the other thing I really recommend is um, pretty much the industry standard right now for uh, CBN wheels is made by Wood Turning Wonders. Um, and they have a little, it's like a deodorant stick pretty much. And it's made for CBN wheels. And it doesn't take much. You just slide it across the wheel when it's gone. And that cuts down on heating up your tools and keeping your wheels, easy, making your, eels, your wheels easier to clean. So Kind of sounds like a sterate. Yeah, kind of, uh, yeah, kind of. 
Gary says that he likes his Klingspore CPN wheels, uh, not sponsored. That's awesome. And Chris Miller says that, thank you. I'll need to come see you in the store. By the way, Chris Miller's off every day that ends in Y. He just answers <laughs> emails on Mondays and Tuesdays. Yeah. Um, the the Klingspore CPN wheels, by the way, are wood turning wonders. So you automatically have a good wheel there if you're getting it from Klingspore. So that's what I got. And if you do like the carbide, uh, obviously you can just replace them or you can buy you a little card diamond file. Yes. Yes. Um, I got one right here just in case. So whenever you need it, it's right next to the lathe. Okay. Now I know where to look whenever I need to sharpen that. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate it. You know, no problem. I, I'm showing off the wall a little bit just so you know. No, you might as well. I, seriously, you've got to, uh, you got to do something as far as post that somewhere because it is just yeah. impressive. And and the magnet strips weren't my idea. Um, I saw a really popular Turner on Instagram do it, and I commented what he was using because it looked like he had like uh, it looked too clean. He he made like little dividers that are little notches that are for each tool, and did the magnets. And I kind of stole the idea from him and and ran with it. So here's the first thing I think of when you said that he had dividers to organize it and everything else. And I'm, and I don't even know. It doesn't matter who the Turner is. He's got a lot of time on his hands. Yeah, he's he's a he's a full time turner, so yeah, he he does oh, it for a living. But I like your calipers. I like the uh, just the overall layout of it. Now, how do you choose your spur drives, your live centers? Because they're all pretty close together. What's like what's a what's a common one that you go for? Um, my most used one is actually this big one. Um, this is made by Nova. Um, it's called their big bite jaw, and it actually threads onto the spindle. Um, it's made for the inch and a quarter by eight. So you can see it's it's a monster. Um, and I use it for bowls because mainly I'm doing bowls right now. But um, most of my spurs and drives are either uh, um, Robert Sorby or the Paramatic. So I got Daryl Be Proud. I got the Seb Centers. And I like these because they're spring-loaded. And they had little bites, um, and I like them much more than I do the the, the four the four spurs, um, mm -hmm. because once the once these slip, they recatch themselves. Um, mm -hmm. So they're they're very they're expensive. Don't get me wrong, but they're they're fabulous. That's a that's a good upgrade if you're looking for a holiday present coming up. Yeah, that's something definitely put on the wish list because they are a. I don't know about a game changer for me, but at the same time, I always they are a game after, changer. I saw, after I saw them used, I wanted one for sure. And, and especially with uh, having a tailstock that has a spring and the, the live center having the spring. So when you're doing spindles, um, if you take it off, you can find it real easy. And if you need to find your, your uh, center on a, something that's not really done yet, um, you can loosely tighten up your um, tailstock and then you can use that spring action on both sides to kind of fine tune your, your center of your blanks. So. Let's see here. Cool. Um, Kyle, Kyle says, Chris is going to have to restock that wall by the end of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to be like, where did I put that again? Should have taken a photo. John Michelle McNeil said, good evening. What not is good evening guys. Uh, Mr. IT wants to know, how do you like working with the trend face mask hanging on top? Is it worth the $3? Um, it's a he whole lot more than... He put $3 signs. I'm just, cause you can't read okay. it. Okay. Um, I like it, but I hate it. 
Um, I actually bought ours off the closeout rack. It, it, it had a broken band and a uh, messed up battery and a few other things. Oh, the one we uh, use for training. Yeah. Yeah. I, Ray put it on the closeout rack for like dirt cheap. So I, I said I couldn't, I couldn't pass it up. And then uh, I love it because when you, when you're sanding, you automatically have a face shield. You don't have to have a respirator and a face shield. Um, but I hate it because it's so heavy. Um, I I have a, a back disease and it causes me to have some serious back pain after a few, a few minutes of just having it on my head. So I was going to ask you that because that was the first thing I noticed is that the weight of the battery and the motor and everything, if you're looking down, which you typically are while you're turning, your neck starts yes. to hurt. Yes. Um, there are a few other brands out there, but they're double the price of this one. Um, they have um, actually Scott Caskey has one, I believe um, the battery pack mounts on a belt. So mm -hmm. the weight is on the belt and then you pretty much just have your face shield. Um, and there's a hose, but that's the only downfall is the hose. I just gotta be careful where you walk. Yes. Yeah. Um, Angus asks, so now that I think about it, maybe I don't violate, I can just break into Gary's shop and use his. That'll work. That'd be the way to do it. And he just bought a safety spur last week. Gary Jones did. And, and safety spurs are a great beginner tool as well, because if mm -hmm. you catch, everything will still spin and operate, but that, that's, yeah. you know, it'll just kind of stay there and, and remind yeah. you that, hey, too much of a cut or whatever it is that caused it to stop in the first place. And, and trying to, to explain that over the phone to a guy who, who's never used one before is kind of hard. I've, I've been there, done that, don't want to go back, so. I like Chris's, uh, the other Chris there, not, not you, sorry, but his, his thing of a number two pencil, like just imagine you're putting a number two pencil into the sharpener and as you're turning yep. it, eventually it stops sharpening. Yep. Same yep. idea is that as you put too much pressure on the piece that you're working with, it'll just stop turning. And that usually yep. does pretty good. Well, I explained that a lot and he never got it. So welcome to the technical team. Yeah, it, it's it's a it's a jolly old time. It's always fun. That's all I can say. You never have the same question twice at the same way. Don't look at it like this. You start jotting down your questions and uh, put together a video answer thing, mm -hmm. and we'll start putting hey. out some content. Yeah, y'all got that room. We'll we'll go ahead and start making some videos. Hey, since we're here on our time, um, are you going to start joining us on Embrace and Proud of It Live and doing video stuff with us? I'd love to. Um, okay. when y'all ask me. Well, I just did. Well, let, let me know and I'll be there. See, I haven't been caught up to speed on all the things going on. Yeah, I got an office now, so that happened. <laughs> Congratulations. And, and, uh, and I like my, I share an office. I don't have my own office, but I, I like, I like my office mate. Um, I've never had an, a desk job before. And it's not as bad as I thought it would be. Um, I've always had manual labor jobs. So. All I can tell you is you need to walk down the hall if you need to pass gas, because if you ever pass gas anywhere near the vicinity of that coworker you share the office with, oh, yeah, just hell have no fury. <laughs> she, she did it to me today, and I called her out for it, so it's okay. Good. <laughs> yeah, that'd be funny when you go to tell her tomorrow, oh, by the way, we met you on the podcast and you tooting. That's right, we did. And and then she she when I first got into the office she goes, 
no smelly hand lotions. And the first thing I walk in this morning is she got some kind of hand lotion on and it smells. And I'm like, really, Melody? Don't call her out. Damn, that's it. Done. <laughs> it, it, I, I don't care. She knows who exactly I'm talking about. Well, I like how you're somewhat honest. As you said earlier, your statements are pretty honest. That's what it was, pretty honest. Yep. All right. So speaking of turning, how do you like those big Nova gels behind you there? I don't have any Nova. Well, actually, I think I mean, the cold co- only- gel. I'm sorry, the cold yeah, gels. Okay. Okay. Um, actually, I like cold jaws. I don't use the Nova cold jaws. These are the the one ways. Um, and what would make the Nova so much better if they got. So if Nova got rid of the the rubber bumpers that come on the end of them, if you if you if you get the Nova cold jaws, throw those things away, buy the one ways, and attach them to it. He's not kidding. Um, yep, that's the same thing I would do in the store. I would tell somebody if they were looking at yeah. that one, I would just be like, "Well, here, buy this pack of extra buttons because you're going to hate yeah. those." Yeah. Um, the one way are pretty much as squishy as a a bouncy ball, and and the one and the the Novas are as squishy as a bouncy ball. The one way, uh, they're, they're hard rubber, kind of like a tire, and they're also a metal line, so they have a metal inner, and so they don't give as much as the Nova. Um, I don't think I ever had a piece come off my one way, and my Nova, every time I had a, a piece on those call jaws, they was flying at me. So, if Yeah, if they ever got dirty from sanding dust, they'd lost their yeah. grip. Yeah. And, uh, and Mr. My- IT... Has he has a good point? He'll gladly volunteer some time to the abrasive and proud of his stuff, whatnot podcast as well, if ever needed. That would be fun. I just yeah. had a I just had a great idea, so I'll share it with you guys later. Oh no, it's on a podcast. Who cares? Why don't we do like a uh, you know the people of Clean Sports Woodworking Shop? Because actually, every, for the most part, anyone who works there is a woodworker of some sort, has some sort yeah. of background yeah. in woodworking. So you're going to get somebody in some department somewhere that knows what they're talking about. And. And one thing I really like about that idea is um, th- there's a YouTube channel called Blade HQ, and they do walk-arounds each month of what their store people are carrying uh, of, like, their knife. And I and I've always like those videos because they just walk through the building and find a random person out of the blue and say, hey, what do you do or what are you carrying? And I, I think that's funny, just catching them off guard and asking them what they do. Ingenious. Well, but that's what uh, Mr. IT says. Ingenious with the ingenious faces. Well, I mean, why not? You know, I know that uh, people aren't going to be on there as far as just willy nilly and you couldn't walk up behind them and just say, Hey, what are you doing? Cause that wouldn't go so well, but yeah, finding those who are the technical staff and the purchasing yeah. people and stuff like that, that do a lot of woodworking, you know, that would be a lot of fun. And even a few of the warehouse people who do like turning and stuff. So, you know, um, the, I don't know what his title is necessarily, but Randy, he reminds me a lot of you cause he's into car stuff, you know, fixing up his, yeah, Civic. Yeah. he's into yeah. uh building with a lot of woodworking and stuff like that. So he'd be interesting as well. Yeah. Yeah. The what not podcast presents Clean Sports woodworking shop employee of the week. Well, and the cool <laughs> thing is you're, you're into so much. I mean, I, I bought an apron a while back and the only thing I didn't like about it was it didn't have pockets. And you actually sewed leather pockets onto my, or leather uh, flaps over my canvas mm-hmm. apron, yeah. and that just transformed it. So, I mean, you got got quite a little niche of uh, craftiness to you. 
Yeah, and uh, I, I, I've kind of been blessed with uh, having a lot of family members who do a lot of different things. Um, as Chris was talking about, leatherworking one. Um, I, I, I did Native American uh, crafts um, and not just like the little chintzy ones you give your your kids to do, but more like full-on beading the entire moccasin and making the moccasin itself and doing all the beadwork and the design and the layout and doing the entire outfit. And, and yeah, I've kind of went down that whole rabbit hole of I wish you gave me a picture stuff. of that one because that is extremely impressive. That you were um, you were dead on as far as the garment entirely and how it was yeah. done. It wasn't any way mocking. It wasn't any way in not showing in gratitude for those crafters who came up with it. Yeah, and it and one thing I'll say, it's not a costume. Um, even if I'm wearing it, it's not a costume. It's a regalia. Um, that's kind of the formal term for that outfit um we what i got in through it through scout and that's kind of my whole background of woodworking i got in through scout um but that whole side of it um of the native american stuff i got in through scout and we went to the national competition twice when i was when i was of age and the second time we went we placed first in the nation uh for for our uh historical dance team so and are you an eagle scout or just a boy scout i am an eagle scout yes um i'm an eagle scout i'm also part of the order of the arrow or was part of the order of the arrow i i I haven't renewed anything so i'm not part of it anymore slacker yeah (laughs) that's awesome Uh, that's something that uh i've anytime i've met an eagle scout they they don't boast about it. You almost have to drag it out of them. Like it's something yeah. that they've earned that they just don't go around flashing to everybody. But the, there are those few who boast, but um, nobody really cares. Um, there's some of those random guys out there who got the, the Eagle Scout tattooed on their arm and I'm a survival expert and everything. And you just kind of look at them when they start all that and think they're crazy. So. Yeah, you had your tattoo put on the lower back so that way uh, nobody would know, yep. right? Yep. Where I'm <laughs> say it. That's great. Oh, well, okay, so now that we've uh, burned a good 45 minutes on turning and back tattoos with Eagle Scouts, um, let's do hand tools because I okay. know for a fact that you've purchased a hand tool for me. You mean this one? That's the one. Yep, and restored it, so. It's a good looking. It's a good looking plane. Yeah. Is that um, the World already, War Two one? Or is yeah, that one still yeah. in my deck? Okay, that's World War Two one. Okay. Yeah. Um. You. You. I don't know if you did it or somebody else refinished the handle. So the only thing I really did was flatten everything up, and, and clean up some of the patina and the rust. But uh, and got I got a new blade for that one, um, because the blade you had originally was way too far gone with pitting and rust. So I got a new that, blade. That and whoever sharpened it didn't know what they were doing. Yeah, it was really weird. It was like a most planar blades were 45 degree. It was like a 60 or something weird. You know what it was? I didn't have that cool little gauge. That's what it was. It was like, yeah, it looks good enough. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I'm like, man, this thing sucks. It doesn't do what I want it to do. Yeah. Okay. You learn yeah. later, by the way, when you work at a woodworking shop and you make that yeah. question or, you know, ask the question on the angle, then you realize, oh, yeah. I'm that guy. Yeah, and and that and that's another thing. If you ever go into hand tools, don't cheap out on sharpening. I mean, get, get a jig, get a good sharpener, and and you're set for set for life on hand tools. So, so like a Tormek. Um, I have a Tormek. I didn't until recently, but uh, just a diamond stone, and even even the small, um, a little bit bigger than a credit card are just fine. You can't do big passes with it, but you still get the job done at a decent rate. So, okay. Oh, I think we'll, we'll turn it back to turning just because I'm curious. Um, with, okay. So you like the Wolverine as a go-to method on the bench grinder for sharpening high-speed steel, right? For starters. Okay. Where are you at now? Um, I've re well, I've recently started, uh, I I've bought in the, uh, the Glenn Lucas wood turning DVD series from him. And uh, he uses a Tormek, and so I've been trying the Tormek out for a while with the diamond wheel um, and trying some of his angles on my tools, and, and that's where I'm at at the moment. So Okay. Right right now in turning world, um, I'm in the process of – I'm on the hunt for finding the perfect steel. Um, right now, I have all M42. Um, I got some M4 steel that's cryogenically treated on the way. Also got some M2 steel that's cryogenically treated on the way, and then I'll probably get it. Well, actually, do I do have a powder metal one? Um, that's the uh, the uh, David Ellsworth one though. Hmm. Okay. That clings for itself. So uh, I have a question for you to try out. Do you still have a Wolverine jig? Yes. Yeah. Perfect. Um, I'll get the part numbers together for you, but I found that that bench mounting. I can't think of what it was. The bar, the bench mount bar for the Tormek. Yeah. So you can put it yeah, in the bench grinder. Uh-huh. And then using the Tormek uh, jig for doing turning tools, like, you know, the Ellsworth grind, the bowl gouges mm -hmm. and all that, I think is way better. And it actually is cheaper than a Wolverine. Yes. Um, yes and no. The, the fingernails, uh, the jig for holding the tool is actually like a hundred dollars by itself from Tormek. The Wolverine uh, bowl spindle gouge jig, I think the it's only grind? like sixty bucks. Yeah, the very grind. Sorry. So you got you got ninety dollars in Wolverine, and then you've got sixty on top of that to get the very okay. grind. And it, and if you go the Tormek route to add to that, then you're at probably a hundred and sixty um, just to get into that one. So. So roughly around the same. See, that would be that would be the test I would like to do. Yeah. Is if you're starting I mean, now, you can get there's two options that do the same yeah. thing. Yeah. And I actually like the um the gauges and the jigs for uh Tormek a little bit better. Um simply because they have the jigs for the wheels and they when you get the jig for the wheel, it comes with a little chart that tells you what setting to put on what and then you define the angle. Wolverine, they have that, but it's it's not as precise as the uh, the Tormac. Yeah, when I had mine, I took a scratch all and actually scratched the yeah. leg on it so I would know yeah. where my angle was. And 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 on mine, I ha I have that little engraver tool, and I have one, two, three, four, five, and six, and that's why on my tools I have two 
and then I have whatever number I have here, and then so on and so forth. So. All right, so let me let me just start start to derail us there. Okay. Like the yeah. Back to the station. So, uh, Mr. It said, speaking of restoring hand planes, Mr. Simpson has had one since pre-lockdown. Stop slacking and start restoring, sir. You mean you this know, one? You know, I have a thought. You know, why don't we just finish this out talking about hand planes, and we'll have him on again to talk about. I mean, uh, turning, and have him on again to talk about tool restoration. Because he does a lot of stuff with with not only tools but but quite a few other things too, and, and, and that way we even, can dedicate some serious time. Because yeah. I, I think yeah. that would be that would be a very intriguing and and good conversation to have. I'll tell you what, let's do that because what is the one you just picked up? Don't tell us what it is yet, but show it. Show it. Yeah, the wooden one. Oh, that is one that you made yourself. No. Oh, where's the one you made yourself? Um, that's, that's right. out of a nicer piece of wood. Yeah. <laughs> Purple art. Right oh yeah, there it is. And th this one is kind of my baby. Um, it's got relief cut, so it feels good in the hand. It it's out of rosewood, so it's nice and heavy, and it takes off shavings you can see through. Um, I've made a few planes. Um, I've only made two that I really like to show off. <laughs> Like uh, this uh, curly walnut block plane stuff. Wow, that's a pretty piece. Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Let's do a, a second episode of just hands tools. While we're here, though, Angus says he did a mild restore on his great grandfather's number six, dated back to eighteen eighties. Love using it. There's something about two things there: one, using your family's heirloom tools, yes. and two, restoring it to where you get to use it for yourself. That is a lot of fun. And, and and that's kind of uh, where my hand tool uh, road started was using my great grandfather's who was a master carpenter and everything. So very cool. Yeah, we'll definitely have to do another episode on just that. Yeah, a nice. Oh, Mister It says a nice bedrock. If I remember correctly, I want to see it on display once you go professional with content creation, Chris. You would be like Stumpy Nubs, just a lot less planes. <laughs> I'll probably be there one day. Um, I started out buying planes and I think I've only bought two and I have probably 40 now. And so they just keep acquiring to myself. Kind of like the turning wall behind you. Yeah. Yeah. So, so whenever we do our conversation on hand planes, are you going to shift to a different wall where nothing but hand planes are behind you? <laughs> yeah. I'll be exactly like Stumpy Nubs. Just <laughs> Tormac and Tormac on the side, hand planes up top and everything. You know, we try to get him on the podcast. He says he doesn't do podcasts. And the one thing I wanted to tell him was, you know, he who dies with the most planes still dies. That's what I've always wanted to say. Yeah. That's you, you can't take it with you, man. That's right. But you can definitely collect it. And it's a great backdrop. There's a well, lot of people. That's why you end up like Angus with a hand-me-down from, from the 1800s. Yeah. And, and I got some that old too. And, and. I'll be honest with you, the, the older, the better. Um, the, they're better made and, and more well cared for than some of the 40s or 50s or even 60s. So. What I really liked, especially that World War II one that you got there, um, it's really funny to see how they had to change due to material shortages. Yes. You know, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of times in history, people don't mention that there's material shortages like we're going through right now, but there has been several times over. Yep. Yeah. And so what's really interesting is to see how they had to change production and then they kind of kept going with it because it was a more inexpensive way or 
They didn't know when it was going to change back to what they were used to. So, you know, just Stanley alone has a huge history with that. It's cool. To and, 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 and especially in like these two planes here, um, this is a, this is a number four and it, it's a, it's a, uh, I think it's a 41, 40 ish. Um, and it's heavier than my number five, which is like a, a, a late, late wartime. So just the difference in material and the thickness of the steel and everything is just kind of, kind of crazy. There's a whole history lesson to be learned there. Yep. Yep. And we'll learn about that when we have Chris back to talk about planes. <laughs> yeah, we killed that hour really quickly. It doesn't take long. It really doesn't. It, when you get I the mean, content, I'm... it goes. Well, but see, what's cool is this is a great teaser because now people who've turned in to watch this will have seen, okay, this guy's got some really cool planes. I want to hear more about this. So when we have him back I... on, it'll be great. I, I even went down the rabbit hole of uh, studying Japanese woodworking for a while, like uh, Japanese marking gauges and stuff. Um, I I think the Japanese culture is phenomenal with woodworking and even that kind of stuff. Yeah. And the European and all of them, um, I'd love to go down those rabbit holes one day. But now, didn't you make a, a chopstick maker or something? I made a. Uh, I made a Kumiko jig, so that's a. Uh, actually, yeah, have a book on. It. I have a book on it right here. Bless you. Um, Kumiko is is the uh, the art of taking a very thin, like basswood, like soft carving wood, and making these beautiful patterns and stuff like that. And I made I made some jigs, but I don't have a good enough table saw to cut the uh, to cut the uh, the strips out. So. Oh, let's see. No, that's awesome. Um, real quick, Mr. RT says, I hope it didn't aggravate anyone hijacking the chat tonight. It was just a great podcast. I couldn't help being involved with. Sorry, not sorry. Well, it sounded more like you were just inviting yourself in there, buddy. <laughs> but no, Joshua, Joshua will have you on one day if you want, man. Yeah, absolutely. And I will definitely tune in for that podcast. Love a good hand plane. Who doesn't I have to admit? Great episode. I'm not a Turner, but I always love to see a fellow maker passionate about his craft. Nice work, Chris. Mr. Kyle Eli. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, I've been taking credit again. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're definitely going to have Mr. IT on because it would be, well, that, that would be fun. All of it. Yeah, would be fun. So, some people collect hand planes. Some people collect shoes. Mr. IT then, collect, collects machinery and tools in his basement yeah. that don't get used. <laughs> he, he collects brand new machines. But I, I will say something about Josh. He has a Pega scroll saw and he knows how to use it. He, he's a good scroll saw guy. So, You know what I want to have too is that, uh, that band scroll saw. Oh, yeah. That, that's that on my list of tools to get. Yeah. I don't even have a reason for it. I just love how versatile that, that thing is. Oh, I got reasons. <laughs> uh, have you ever, speaking of Japanese woodworking, have you ever seen the art of the original black lacquer and how they apply it? Um, you mean like ebonizing wood and stuff like that? Yeah, but it looks like a putty knife. No, like I have several. No, I oh, it's it's how they get the like the tops of certain things shiny black. Like it looks okay. like it's polished out. But they're actually used. I don't. And I don't know the name of it. But I've actually got one. It's a. Uh, it's an angled putty knife that has contoured edges. Okay. So when you come down at an angle, it, it's just smooth as glass. But uh, Andy Berge posted a video one time of just all these guys in in Japan working like months on this particular project, 
And I sat and I rewatched that Black Lacquer probably six or seven times. It was just phenomenal how he did it all by hand, but yet it looked like polished black. Any of that Japanese, uh, especially joinery, I mean, I can just watch a thousand times and still just mind-boggled by how, how complicated it is. And they just drew a couple lines and cut it all out. And it's like seven pieces interlocked. And I'm just like... <laughs> You're like, I got turning tools. Yeah. I'm doing good uh, if I get a miter to fit correctly. Yeah, no yeah. kidding. Isn't that the truth? Uh, collect he co- Oh, Mr. IT says, I collect all the tools. He really does. He, he he just got the hundredth anniversary paramatic and, and I want to go play on it. So the the hundredth anniversary paramatically. Don't let him do it. He's gonna break it. Don't let him do it. He's hard on tools. He said it himself. Yeah. Uh, I I'll let you get a new control box in a couple months. I believe it's called Japaning. Japan what? Japan I wanna say two ends in that for some reason. Japaning. I'm just gonna say Japaning. Yeah. I don't know. I never visited. Always one of those places that you just want to go to see. And at the same time, you're like, that's a long plane ride. I'll check it out on YouTube. My, uh, my grandfather was stationed in Japan for years. And when I think he hurt his shoulder and they sent him back to America, he was devastated because he, he wanted to live in J- Japan for the rest of his life. So. That sings. Wait in on yeah. a bad note, Chris. <laughs> I- Oh, I mean, the only thing, the only thing I wish, wish he did when he was over there was get me some Japanese plane. <laughs> it's always got to be about you, doesn't it? Yes and no. <laughs> well, if he was stationed over there, the the planes would probably have been American. Well, he 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 was he was flying them. <laughs> Not illegally, of course. No. Media mail, media mail, all yeah. the way. Um, real quick behind your head there, I keep seeing this flash of some sort of box. What is that? This right here. Mm-hmm. This is actually something Mr. Chris Cross Crafts made. Oh. Um, it's it's his fabulous sandpaper organized, not patent patented or sold anywhere else than trade. Is there like <laughs> CNC files for that? See, I think you got the one that had the box joints, didn't you? Yeah, th- this is the very first one, I think. Yeah, because you turned the uh, I had messed up on the the dowels that actually hold the yeah the not the dowels but I messed up on the um, the holes that I drilled for those and, and, and you you turned the dowels down yeah. and uh, said I uh, said what I owe you yeah. I was like well what do I owe you he said I'll take that box <laughs> <laughs> and it worked out we just we just traded it worked out yeah. pretty good you're like I'm making another one anyways so I said I'll, I'll I'll take one if you're trying to get rid of it. So that was a good even trade. I figured he, he would be a good test uh, test subject to to give real world because I know he does a lot of turning, and so it worked out. And I and I actually have the the cling spore uh, cling net on it. Um, and I didn't think I would like it as much for turning as I actually do, um, because it is so stiff. But being that mesh, you can actually rip it in thin strips and get in your your tight spot. Where were you at today for that crisp question that Chris had to deal with? Oh man, today was a today was one heck of a day at work, man. Yeah, because it's funny. There was a guy who wanted to try the cling net, and Chris was trying to tell him it's not as flexible as the shop rolls. He's like, "Yeah, no matter. I want to try it." I can tell you where he was not on that. not on the chat line. <laughs> the, the entire Randy left early, so I had pretty much had to work in the store this afternoon. 
because Gary and Ralph needed so much help. And I'm just like, man. Oh, they got you fooled then. Yeah. So there's no one um, else that would do it. And the other thing I can say about it is these, uh, these, Vel- these Velcro pads that y'all sold with Izzy's kit. I bought one and using it on the lathe and in combination with that clean net is phenomenal, especially for like those, uh, those spindles for Chris. I just stuck them on there and zipped it right up. So do you have the double bone shape for the two inch and three inch discs? Yeah, there it is. It's I thought I yep. saw it up there. Yep. That's my favorite for turning and sanding. Yeah, they're they're both very nice. The only thing I don't like about the only thing I don't like about this is I wish we had a double two, a double two inch, because you can see that that taper into three gets a little wide for some things, so I burn so it up quite a bit. Would a would a long strip of two inch like on a roll not work? Like a hook and loop roll? You you do know that that'll cut with a box cutter, right? Well, then how are you gonna hold the other end? Well, the... I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. You cut it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I just you're, you're still, you're still going to hold it with your hand just like you do now it'll just be skinnier yeah I just complain I don't try to find the, the, the solution to the complaining <laughs> listen I'm a redneck and if I've got a problem I will redneck fix it and surprisingly a lot of my redneck fixes turned out to be amazing ideas that I would have never thought of had I not had to I saw your redneck uh, micro jig clamp today on Instagram. That thing. Hey man, I'll tell you what. I was sitting there thinking, I was like, I really need something to hold this down because the part was too small, and it was jittering around on the uh, the sanding mat. And I thought, you know what? I've already got all this stuff, so I threw my jig box down, and I even already had that little MDF forty double forty five in there. I said, shoot, that's perfect. So you just got to get creative. I like that table more than anything. The to be able to clamp it anywhere and everywhere you want is pretty awesome. Yes, it is. I, I, I pro- I'll probably have to trade you for something soon. So, mm. yeah, there's a little, there's there's a. I did I did that whole table with a hand router. So there's no reason if you've got a hand router that you can't do it. Would you do it now with a hand router? I had to do it with a hand router. I had no choice. Oh, no, I mean, yes, saying now that you have a CNC, would you still do it with a hand router? Uh, that's the reason why I had to do it with a hand router. That table's bigger than my CNC. Details. Yeah. Let's just say I don't have a hand router, Chris. It's it's uh, 25 by 79. 25 by 80. So it was, uh, and you, it, if I was just cutting dados, yes, I could have done it in segments, but that dovetail bit doesn't doesn't do segments because it wants to pull up when it's done cutting. So I didn't mm-hmm. want to go all the way down the back. Being problem. So anyway, it was good for content because I do so much stuff on the CNC anyway. I wanted people to see that it could be done with just all you got to have is a hand router. And I actually made a micro jig block that actually acted as a clamp jack, clamping jig. So, you know, using their own system to clamp straight edge for my router to follow. Uh, someone at Klingspore, get this guy a hand router. No kidding. That's what I was thinking too, Nick. Thanks for joining us. And Con- and well, sorry, Connor's daddy. Um, yes, uh, Josh, I hadn't skipped over it. I was going to get to it here in a minute. He's got some comments. I'll get to it now. Uh, what is Japanese black lacquer? Well, black Japan, Japan black, also called black Japan, is a lacquer or varnish suitable for many substrates 
but known especially for its use on iron and steel. It is so named due to the history of black lacquer being associated in the West with products from Japan. It can also be called Japan lacquer or Brunswick black. Thank you, Google. <laughs> this this like is a... what we're going to have Josh on the podcast for. He's going to be our, uh, kind of like Joe Rogan has uh, it's Jamie for his podcast. He's going to be our Jamie. Perfect. He'll be our Josh. Yeah. That's why he's the IT guy. He's on it already. Yeah. Yep. No, I was thinking that. So the two questions I have for you is our standard question. Um, but first, you don't have a hand router, so that's definitely something you will need to have. I, I actually do. Um, it, it's a Bosch Colt. Um, it's a little bitty thing. I don't think it'll be suitable for, for that. That's it, it will. You know, yeah. The only thing with the Bosch Colt, you'll have to make sure that you do the uh, the the quarter-inch cleanup bit first. But I thought I thought the micro jig bit is a half inch shank. It is, but they offer a quarter inch. Mm-hmm. And now that you're in purchasing, you can request that because I've personally requested that. Or, or you know what I could do? I could just purchase it for that day. <laughs> well, and that's why you're saying the cleanup bits. So that way, you get rid of most of the uh, material before you've got to use the actual dovetail side for the yep. quarter. So if you do it all dovetail bit, it's going to break it. But absolutely how many drills do you have how many battery power drills do you have me Mm um four perfect and then chamfer or roundover (laughs) chamfer actually because i'm a hand plan guy that does make sense gotta give them that I wish yep. I would have taken photographs before I came in from the shop tonight because those picture frame samples that I made, one side I put a 45, the other side I put a, a, a 3 h radius. And so it's on the same piece of wood, just on different legs. So I was going to take a photograph of that and say, hey, I still can't decide and, you know, have that as an example. Yeah. but. But I'll wait till it's I'll wait till it's primed and painted to uh, do that so that it makes that chamfer pop because otherwise it just kind of disappears. That I could, yeah, that's agreed. Well, there you go. Woohoo, team chamfer! All right, all day long. Nobody asked you. You <laughs> <laughs> even put the hashtag up. Oh yeah. Yeah, actually, Nick was uh, when Nick was on with us from Stated Woods. He he remembers the uh, actually, I think he was involved in the original team chamfer, team roundover thing. Uh, Heredia, he was uh, he was also one of the guys in the middle of that. So you know how that all started. How's how's Michael doing? Have you heard from him? I haven't, Chris. He disappeared. (laughs) That's it. No more content creation. He got his free Bessie clamps. He's out of here. And his free uh, uh, flat wall. Yeah, his free wall control. Not sponsored. Yeah, wall control. Yeah. But everyone at everyone at WorkbenchCon, thank you for their free wall control. Well, so why don't you have wall control? What do you uh, you? Uh, I know we're going late here. I do have a question? I see pegboard to plywood. Me? Yeah. Oh, um, this is a piece of plywood that I got from the warehouse. <laughs> It it was dividing up other pieces of plywood that was in shipping, so. 
not useful at all, huh? Some you just nope. took it. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I it was about a quarter inch thick, so I took it. And then the the what I used in between the the plywood and the concrete wall is actually other pieces of plywood that was used for dividing up lumber. In uh in keeping with the theme of reconditioning, repurposing, and turning. Chris is reconditioning and repurposing and turning old crap into usable product that turns into his tool wall. Hey, hey, hey it looks good, doesn't it? It does. It does. And it, it would look better if you like painted it white so that all those black handles and shiny steel just sort of, you know, popped and glistened off the, the white backdrop. I did think about milk painting it, but by the time I was done hanging it up, I was, I got to, too late. I got too I got too excited to put everything on there. So Yeah. No, I get that. It would have been nice if you put like a chroma green color so therefore you could have a green screen behind the tools. Yep. Uh, actually actually I thought about doing the uh the general finishes uh basil milk paint. I like that basil color. The basil's a good one, yeah. Yeah. Uh Mr. IT says, Wait, Chris, I gave you an older DeWalt router with a router table. Ooh. I totally forgot about that. Way to be appreciative. <laughs> he pulled a Josh and just left it in the corner and forgot he had it. I so did. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's great. Angus says, uh, what about a Roman OG? And that's always Chris's argument is that uh, you can do a lot with a roundover like a Roman OG. A Roman OG is a variant of a, of a roundover. An inside yep. roundover, an outside roundover. Love it. Anyway, well, this is fun. Uh, we yeah. definitely are going to have you back, and uh, we'll talk about hand planes. Maybe and we will talk about hand planes next time. We're, no, we're we gonna will. we're gonna start with whatever's on your back wall. So next time we meet, you're gonna have to have like planes or you know old you know Roy Underhill signs or something behind you where we know we're talking you know hand tools. Okay, I, I actually have a wall that's got chisels all the way across it, and I do want to make a. A saw tote and a hand plate, hand plane till. So, well, we'll, give, we'll, get, to create? we'll give so you we a couple of weeks to do it, and that way you'll say, Oh man, I got to be on this podcast. I got to get this done. <laughs> yeah. It'll give me the kick on the butt I need. There you go. And I would like to see one of the shavings that you have from that, um, that hand plane that you said was almost like you could see through. Yeah. It'd be nice to have that too, just so we can see it. You know, I mean, it's impressive. Yeah. It, it's on my Instagram. Oh, that's funny. Welcome yep. to the, welcome to this episode of this old Chris. <laughs> I, I I love I love Roy Underhill um, from uh, Woodwright Shop, and he he's kind of my inspiration for getting into all of this. So he Angus, deserves a shout out. Absolutely, and Angus says Team Roman OG. He started his <laughs> own group, but no, Roy Underhill's. Uh, He's very, he's a force to be reckoned with for sure. Show me your knuckles. Your knuckles aren't all busted up, so he can't be too big of an inspiration. <laughs> no, it's pretty pathetic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, maybe, maybe you should, maybe it looks like you've been using some of uh, your coworkers' uh, smelly hand lotion because uh, they're all soft looking. They're not rough and textured and all busted up from, you know. How, how do you know they're soft, Chris? I can tell by the how clean they look. <laughs> Well, on this episode of What Not Podcast, <laughs> we go from turning to hand tools to hand care. Don't know how we got there, but uh, we thank you very much for joining us. 
Hey, yeah. hey, you never know where it's going to go with the Kling Sport team. So, oh, and that's the truth, especially with the technical team. Welcome aboard. Especially yeah. in the store. Go out in the store for an hour. Yeah, that would just be. An Listen, interesting you're thing you're talking to, to two former managers of the store, so don't talk to us about. I had to work in the store because <laughs> that's not going to work with us. Well, I was oh. a former assistant manager. So. Oh, and that's almost right. made it there. Almost <laughs> only got assistant to the store manager. Well, Randy will be there until he dies. So, <laughs> anytime soon. Yeah, he's not moving anytime any any faster. No. Um. So. What, real quick, so being a store manager, what is the longest um, days in a row you had to work by yourself, Chris? Go. By myself? Yeah. I, I don't think I've actually ever worked a day by myself. See, you can't say a word. <laughs> I have had to open and close every single day for two months, though. Ooh. That's, that's, that's rough. Brutal. That's a long day. Yeah. Yeah, after uh, a long two months. Chris Smith, Mr. Uh, team Roundover, what was your streak? Man, I don't even remember it. <laughs> there, there were times where it was me and I had one part-timer. That was it. Well, well And that part-timer that guy worked two, maybe three days a week during that streak. So you can start doing the math and figuring that out. Was it Gary? No, no he's he's there. not there anymore. Oh well. Yeah, but yeah, it, it let's just say it 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 was the struggle was real. But hey, you know what? Things are bigger and better now. Yeah, and exactly. um, there's been a lot of realizations to what it takes to get things moving. And hey, you know, better good, com- never good company. Here. Good company. Absolutely. Otherwise, I like working be... there because uh, it, it supports my woodworking addiction. It, it supports my hobbyist workshop. <laughs> I always made the joke that the first paycheck, well, actually the first two paychecks, we never get paid. We just turn around and buy tools. Yes. Yeah. So if you want to work here, just, you're not going to have the first two paychecks. Why can't I have the first two paychecks? You're going to spend them on tools. Oh, that makes sense. My, my, my first paycheck I spent on nothing but carving tools. I think it was all gone, especially being being in college. I was a stupid college kid, so I spent the entire paycheck. <laughs> You're just a stupid <laughs> college dropout. <laughs> yeah. <Ow. laughs> Sorry, I had to go there. If I didn't know you like I do, I wouldn't have said that. But yeah, that that's <laughs> that's quality entertainment. But no, no spend all your money on hand tools. Believe not me, lotions. I know. Not lotions. I'm 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 out there I'm out there every day like okay what do I need for the CNC, uh so yeah I understand. Have you got that sixteenth bit yet? Uh yeah. Okay. You yeah. were you were out in the store debating on it for like a month I swear. Yeah, I ended up buying two and I'm glad I did because I broke uh, both of them. <laughs> no, you don't. No, I've got another one since then. Ah. So. So the, they, the struggle is real. Yeah. So if you want to get into CNC, become a router bit or CNC bit manufacturer, because that's where the money's made. Or marry one or. Knowledgeable people. But. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, this has been fun. You know, we've yeah. uh, turned our lives around learning about turning and, um, you know. And turning. Yeah. <laughs> 
as the uh, as the wood shop turns. It's our own little soap opera here. Fit in in the last five minutes. I don't know. I mean, you know me. They just, I just, they just come here and then they go out and then, you know, they make sense in my head a lot of times. And that's why you repeat them. Sometimes. (laughs) I'll say them anyways. Yeah, he'll say them anyways, just to see what yeah. the reaction is. Was this a good one or a bad one? I'll throw it out there, see what see. What yeah, sticks. I got to know which which uh, compartment to put it in for later if I ever have to draw on it. And if it's a good he, one, you'll stick it in your front pocket. Was he the assistant to the assistant regional manager? No, assistant to the store manager, retail store manager. Fun, yep. fun times. I, I picked up on the office ref- reference, even though these other two goombas didn't. So no, I didn't. I, I got the I got the reference. I just don't care. It's the office to my opinion. As a matter of fact, Bears Beats and Battlestar Galactica. My own little office t-shirt. You made that? No. That's when you know you're a nerd. That's a that's a that's a Dwight Schrute. Well, actually, I, yeah. This since we're, I'm actually wearing a t-shirt for once. Uh, mine wait, is. Normally, you don't wear shirts. No, I don't wear t-shirts. Oh, okay. Mine was the Walrus Oil Company. Not sponsored. Not sponsored. <laughs> but it is one of the most comfy t-shirts. Tell you what. But could be. That's right. Welcome to Walrus Oil Hour. I just got a car hard on, you know. Since we're talking about our shirts, I just got a car hard, man. You know what, dude, not sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> Since apparently last week's guest uh, might have something in the books with uh-huh. that particular company, but we weren't allowed to mention it. He got mad. Really? Not too bad. No, but he was just like, I'm not talking about that. It was great. Oh, I tried to put him on the spot. False. False. True. Yeah, I'm just going to go with Tiny Violin. Because <laughs> you had to open and close. That's all. Yeah. Tiny Violin. Okay. You want some cheese with that wine? Okay. How about, yeah. you, how about you cry me a river? Build me a bridge and get over it. <laughs> That's a quality saying right there. <laughs> well, Chris, uh, both Chris's, thank you for joining us tonight on the Whatnot Podcast, where we put the what into an hour and a half whatnot. Yeah, come back and join us again soon, and uh, maybe we'll be talking hand planes, but we'll have to yeah, see. I'll, I'll get my wall done, man. Gotta get your wall done. Now you got a time yep. frame, so Chris will book it, and then you know you have to get it done. Yeah, right now it's tough. I'm not sure uh, when my daughter's going to call and say, hey, Dad, I'm having a baby. It's time to come to Louisiana. So I'm still waiting on those words. And, you know, we'll see how that goes over the next week or two. But Best of luck, Grandpa. Yeah, I'm feeling it. <laughs> losing all your hair. Yeah, losing. Try lost. But, yeah, we thank you for coming on, and uh, thank you, everybody, for watching this. Don't forget you Thanks can check us out on uh, not only the podcast, but uh, – you know, all your, your favorite social media sites, you most likely will find us there. Yep. And sometimes we'll post some stuff. I know I'm going to go back and get all the old shows and put them on IGTV. That way people can just sit and watch them. Maybe not the original ones, but, you know, some of the newer, better upgraded microphone well, ones. Once we started with three people. Yeah. Yeah. Three people's yeah. when it really changed and took off. Yeah. So maybe we'll so, so, Some of the first couple were pretty odd, but hey, you know. Anyway, this was fun. You gotta start somewhere. Congratulations on your uh, lathe getting fixed yep. and uh, completing your tool wall. Now you can start working on the plane wall. Let us know when that's done, yep. and we'll uh, we'll uh, see if we can't get you back on. Okay, thank yeah, you. That'll be a lot of fun. So, uh, also book Josh while he's here. He said, "See you guys tomorrow, Mike." Hope to see you soon. Yes, sir.
But yeah, book him up and uh, we'll figure out. I just, I need pictures or him to go live from his basement so we can see all of those fantastic tools still in the plastic. In the box. You'll see him in, in, in a very small corner <laughs> of his basement. But you know what? Maybe he's smart. Maybe he's hoarding for the great tool shortage of 2021. It's already there. It's already here. Yeah. Yeah. While everybody's trying to buy complete shops and can't because they're on a container, Josh is sitting there like, I bought mine last year. Ha 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 I'll say it to you. It's a devil. But. All righty. So again, thank you very much for joining us, Chris. This was a lot of fun. And yep, uh, I learned way more than I knew. So I'm, I'm happy about that. I always like it whenever I learn something. Never the you expert should, of anything. You should, you should learn something new every day. Yep. And then uh, when we have you on for the hand tools, get me a picture of the moccasin, not the, well, the moccasins, but the entire outfit. I almost called it a costume, but I watched it. Because yeah, I would like to at least showcase that. I think people need to understand yeah. the time and the effort that went into that. In the moccasins alone, I probably have about 30 hours. And you still have them. And I have more than one pair. Oh, there you go. <laughs> hmm. oh, okay, it's all there. It's already there. Yep. He's ready to go for that, so we'll take care of that. So yep. we'll go ahead and run out of here. Everyone have a great evening. Thank you for joining us and all the comments tonight. We really do appreciate it. If you have comments after the show, leave them. Because don't yep. forget, he's coming back for hand tool stuff. Yep. And uh, we'll see you next time. All righty. Bye, Chris. Bye, Chris. Bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia.